Hello everyone. Hi guys. Welcome back to Crimes of the Times. I'm Lauren. And I'm Haley. And today I'm going to be talk talking about, um, I should just say like passenger ship crashes or leaking home cruise ship. Two of them, well, technically they're kind of all cruise ships except one, but they're passenger ships. But obviously, um, I'm going to be talking about one called the Costa Concordia. I've never heard of that before. That happened in 2012. Oh, that's really recent. Yeah, so I was thinking, recent. it sounds like it's like from forever ago. No, it's just Italian, that's why. Okay. And then um, I'm going to be talking about, obviously, the Titanic. Okay. And um, that, I was telling Haley, that at one point in my life was my Roman Empire. Yeah. Um, I thought about it a lot. I, I think it's a lot, like a lot of people's Roman empires. Yeah. But I'm first going to start out with my own cruise ship accident that I was involved in. <laughs> I, I have to say, Haley called me about this. I was driving home. Um, wait, where was, I don't know. I was at, a, I was at a Maverick somewhere and Haley calls me while I'm going to the bathroom and I'm like, hello. <laughs> I don't even remember that. <laughs> yeah. So, with the story she's about to tell you, I heard it in a Maverick bathroom. <laughs> she, I love that. It's just funny. So, I went on a cruise in, like, it was the very, very beginning of July. So, yeah. June, like the end of June, beginning of July. Um, my cruise was really fun. I recommend going on one if you like being at sea. If you get seasick, I don't really know. It depends on how sick you get, but um, so it's me saying like I'm I'm cool and I can say that I was on a I was in I was in a cruise ship accident. It really wasn't that bad, but um, what happened was so it this was like the day that we're supposed to like um, what's it called when you get off a ship uh, like un de debark I think yeah debark. Anyways, we're done with our. Something like that. Yeah. It sounds like it maybe. I think it's debark. Because like embark is like your Yeah, name. and the thing is debark. I don't know. I, I don't was, was going to be like deplane. <laughs> We're not deplaning. But um, so the cruise ship I was on is called Ruby Princess, Princess Cruise Lines. This is nothing against them. Love them. But um, so I have it on July 6th. And it happened at like 6 a.m. ish. So I'm like laying in bed, like half asleep. And in my dream, I was dreaming. And in my dream, I had a dream that our ship was crashing. Like, at the time that it was actually crashing. I love that. So, my, I was like, I think it was like lucid dreaming or something. So, we like wake up in the morning and in the news, like at 6 a.m.-ish, our, our ship had crashed into Pier 27 in San Francisco. So, um, what happened was there, so this re ABC reporter's name's like Dan Noyles, noise, noise, I don't know how to say his name. He said that, um, he claimed that the bar pilot tried docking on a three knot ebb current. So an ebb current is the tide, basically. Okay. So water's move, and ebb means the waters are moving away from the shore. So he's like trying to, um like turn in. Anyways, the currents in like San Francisco Bay, crazy strong. So he's 
from my understanding that um, the ebb current, the current was pushing the boat away from the pier, and so he overcorrected. Oh. And when I don't know the uh, when R. the R. when the bar pilot overcorrected, it like crashed into the pier. And a bar pilot is they're either called a bar a bar pilot or a harbor pilot, and they're someone who boards the ship to like basically um, guide it into port. So they're, that's their job. Their job is to... You had one job. Yeah. I mean, so I, you had one job. I feel so situation. bad. He probably feels so bad. I mean... I'm scared for him. But I hope he didn't lose his job. I don't know. I have no idea. Because it doesn't say anything. It says under investigation. And that's all it says. So It didn't say, like, anything was, like, anything. Anyways, so this happened while I was on my cruise ship. And, um... Like, I felt it, I heard it, but it was all in my dream. Like, I dreamt this. Yeah. But it really happened. So, when we're like, oh, it's disembark. Oh, okay, okay. When we're disembarking, we're talking to, um, how I can never remember what they're called. They're like the fun people on the cruise ship the, um, that you talk to. Entertainers. Yeah, I don't know, I can't remember his name. He is really cool. His name is, um, I think his name's like Mark. Yeah. He's British. Okay. And was, so we're talking to him, and we we could, like, see, because we have our phones, like, we can see what the news is reporting, and there's, like, a big hole in the, uh. the, the ruby princess. And um, so we're talking to him, and he's like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that happened. Like, do you have a picture of it? So we showed him the picture. And then he was like, I hope I hope we get to stay, and I get to stay overnight and, like, go to this place. And I he's super funny. And then as we're leaving, he's like, you guys were my favorite, um, my favorite passengers. Oh. Which, he might have been lying, but we did have a lot of interactions with him. And then you also get to know people on your cruise ship because yeah. it is, like, it's like a condensed place. You get to know people, you see people. And we were really loud, and we had a lot of fun. And we're, 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 my family, we're so milk. Anyways, um, so more into, like, the currents of the bay. So the they can be pretty strong. They go up to like six knots, and then I'm gonna like kind of explain this in like a way that maybe other people might understand. Okay, good. <laughs> so um, this is so recreational paddlers, like in like a kayak or whatever. Okay. They paddle about um, three knots, and that's like pretty fast. Like that's like if you're if that's something you love to do. You love to paddle in your yeah. kayak. I probably, in a kayak, paddle 0.5 knots. Yeah, maybe same. <laughs> so, um, six knots, it's a lot, especially when, um, well, three knots is a lot, especially when your ship is ginormous. Yeah. So, um, but, so I created this, it's like two feet by two feet hole in the ship, kind of at the end. We'll, I will post pictures so you guys can see what it looked like. But there's, it's kind of funny because the scrape on the side of the ship looks like this princess symbol. So we're like, oh my goodness, <laughs> marketing. <laughs> um, it was 10 feet above water, which was good. And then the repairs were estimated to cost about um, $250,000. Oh, yikes. Yeah. So when we were disembarking, people were embarking. So people are getting on the cruise ship. So yeah, for their Alaskan cruise. So, uh, the Alaskan cruise usually, I think it was like 10 days, 
Um, theirs ended up turning into a seven-day uh, Pacific North Northwest slash Alaskan voyage. So what happened was they were going to skip Sitka, Juneau, and Glacier Bay. And Glacier Bay, that's a real bummer because Glacier Bay is a national park that you float through. That's really cool. And you look cool. at the glaciers. It's so pretty. I saw so many pictures. I feel like I lived some of this cruise because I, I, I saw a bunch of pictures, saw a lot of videos of karaoke. So I, I feel like I was there. Anyways, so their 10 day cruise turned into a seven day cruise and they skipped like three ports. And so this is like what they got if they decided to stay, if they decided to leave. So 651 passengers decided to leave and not go on their cruise. And so they got a full refund and a 50% um, of like what they paid went into a future cruise credit, which is called an FCC. Oh, wow. So when if they, so they got so, a full refund plus 50%. So, yeah, so because even though they, they got the refund, they still are getting like an extra, uh, an 50 extra credit, like yeah, credits. a fifty percent towards their next cruise. Okay, and then, but Man. then, two thousand six hundred and seventy-seven. That those people that stayed, they got their cruise refunded seventy-five percent. So not a full refund. They got their cruise refunded seventy-five percent. That is a good deal. And then seventy-five percent towards a future cruise credit, which sounds like literally the best. I would take seven yeah. days, miss Glacier Bay. For, so I can go on a whole nother cruise That's, and pay 75%, like say, pay 25% of I my know. cruise cost. You That's insane. Pay a quarter. Just, yeah. There you go. It was insane. Um, so I have a little couple facts about the cruise ship that I went on. Because um, I'm going to be talking about it in the, the other story that I tell. Okay. But so while we were on it, um, we did, me and my brother and my cousins, we went to, they had like different, um, they're not classes, they're like places where you get informed, I don't know, like a lecture kind of. We went to- TED Talks. Yeah, we went to one where they, they talked about the inner workings of cruise ships and like- That's kind of interesting. It was super interesting. I learned all the things I know about ships from Blow Deck, the reality show. <laughs> very, very interesting. Uh, very scandalous. I, Highly recommend. I love a Bravo show, I'm, but I'm not like a Real Housewives girly. <laughs> but um, so it was really, it was really informative. And who came and talked to us was our captain, and he was super cool. He was Italian. Like everyone was very Italian. I think Italians are like sailors of cruise ships <laughs> because it's like. We were like, is, is this is there like a mafia involvement? Like, why is everyone Italian? Wait, what did he look like? Was he like an old man? He was like a handsome older gentleman. I always imagine anybody that to is look like, like the guy any, from Titanic. Any captain is like has a white beard. He didn't have a like, white beard. He had like dark hair, okay. and he was like older. Like he's like my type of older gentleman. Mm. <laughs> um, he's. And he's really, he seemed really nice. And he told this like such a cute story. So Princess, they, uh, they're a cruise ship. Anyways, they have a cruise. So there's a show called The Love Boat. It's like a really old yeah. show. And it takes place on a cruise ship. And the cruise line is Princess Cruises. So, and I can't remember what the actual like love boat 
boat is called but the first time I went on the Alaskan cruise not this time because I've been on two so this is the first one that we went on the cruise ship that was following us was smaller and it was that love boat oh that's so and funny. so my mom saying like the love boat like the whole time <laughs> on our first one anyways so our captain talked about how when he was a little boy he watched the love boat and he decided watching the love boat that his dream was to to become a cruise ship captain oh and precious and so he's like that I, and he's like i promised myself not to get emotional he starts tearing up oh talking about how he's living his dream he is the captain of a princess cruise line ship and it was so That's cute so precious and i was like so emo about it and then our cruise ship crashed and i was like what if he gets fired but it's not him he's not like well that wasn't his fault yeah so back to the Ruby Princess. So this ship is actually kind of famous. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> like most cruise ships nowadays, they're built. It was built in Italy, and um, in 2008 it was built. And then, so the capacity of the ship is 3,080 passengers that it could fit. The crew is like a 1,100. Like it could fit. Wow. And there are 19 decks. I have never been on a cruise ship, so I am just assuming it's really, really it big. It is really, really big. Like, the Titanic, a little, compared to, like, a nowadays oh, oh, cruise ship. Oh, really? Yes. I'll okay. have to show you, like, okay. I'll have Lauren post a picture of, like, the cruise ship size compared to the Titanic size. Oh. Because you guys will need to see it anyways, because we're going to talk about both. It's, like, they're significantly bigger. Or, the cruise ships nowadays are significantly bigger. But this cruise ship became really famous in 2020 and if you don't know where I'm going with this think about 2020 what happened in 2020 yeah um, I was supposed to go on a cruise in 2020 <laughs> me too! and then we couldn't and we were gonna go to Mexico so I was supposed to go on a British Isles Isle, Isles cruise I could go to yeah. like England France Scotland well ours was supposed to, it, ours was literally when did the world shut down it, it was March. Right, yeah, right before your birthday. We were supposed to go, like, I think the beginning of April. It's it's depressing. I can't even think about that. That's so yeah, sad. Yeah, very, very sad. And we haven't gone on one since that happened. So I think we had credits. Yeah. One day. One day. Yeah. It's fun. I think you'll be okay on one. You can, like, get motion sickness. I yeah. think you'll be okay. Whatever. I'll, I'll suffer through the, the yeah. sickness. It's still fun. Okay. So this was the source of 10% of Australia's early COVID-19 cases. 10%! Oh my That's goodness. a big number for a whole country. Or I guess Australia is a continent, but it's also a country. Uh, so this country is continent. just Australia? Just Australia. Okay. And the deaths associated are like 28. Okay. Um, 28 people. Yeah, 28 people died. Not like on the cruise ship, but like associated with the yeah. 10%. Um, and there were like 900 infections. Oh my goodness. So I all the U.S. infections came from like all the celebrities parties yeah. in L.A. So. And there's just one of those times where people like stuck <laughs> on a cruise ship. <laughs> I know they're at sea for like, like they're just scratching like the, the tally marks of the days they've been there. <laughs> Let us off. I know. That sounds terrible. Okay. So now I'm going to go into the Costa Concordia. So this happened on January 13th of 2012. So I'm going to give you a little 
I'm giving this for Lauren. We could also post a picture of... There's going to be a lot of pictures. There might be like two posts. Okay. Because there's like a lot of things to describe and... I don't... Well, if she's also talking about the Titanic. Yeah. I'm like, there's lots of things. There's lots of things. There's lots of pictures. Okay. So, do you know like what the different parts of a ship are called? Um, I know there's like the bow, the stern, yes. the... Okay, so the bow, front of the ship. Yeah. Stern, the, the, the butt. Up. The butt of the, <laughs> the ship. The booty. The booty. So the back of the ship. <laughs> then there's the port side, which is, okay, what yeah. is the left side of the ship. And then the starboard side is the right side of the ship. Okay. So they could be like, oh, the stern on the port side. That's like the left back side. Interesting. The bow front. And then there's something called a keel. And that's like the, like the kind of the pointy thing that on the bottom of a ship. Like, oh, okay. Like, like it like goes to a point. Yeah, it goes to a point. It's like a little. That's usually what it, I mean, can. It's just, that's what the keel is called. Okay. And I don't know if, I don't remember if the keel is important in the Casa Concordia, but the keel, um, is, it talks about like how in the Titanic, the hole is above the keel. Okay. Anyways, um, oh, and then I don't know if I finished telling, they fixed the ship, uh, our, our cruise ship and people went on the cruise and everything <laughs> turned out okay. But okay, so the Casa Concordia, their captain was Francesco Shaletto, Shalino. So Captain Fran Francesco, oh my goodness, Chetano. Okay. It's an, it's an Italian name. I'm allowed to say Italian. Yeah. Uh, I'm Italian and I'm not really good at speaking Italian. Just, so. I want all the listeners to know that when I said Italian, I did the little like Italian um, hand movement. Like I'm a chef or something. So just wanted you to know that. <laughs> We're going to call him Captain Chatino. And okay. if I'm saying that wrong, I don't really care because <laughs> he's garbage. I mean, that was very slanderish, but he kind of is a terrible person. Um, I was actually talking to my mom about this today, and she she remembers this. Like, she went on a deep dive about this. Oh, really? And she's telling me stuff. Um, but, oh, there was... Okay, this episode actually might be kind of long, but whatever. I'm going to edit it all at once. If it's an hour and a half, it's an hour and a half. But um, on our cruise, one of the... It was like the... The first officer, which is like right under the captain. So it's like captain, first officer, second officer, third officer, fourth officer. It goes... 50th officer. Yeah, it goes. It keeps going. 130th officer. It keeps going. So another... He had like one of like the other officers talk to us. And he was like, I love uh, going on the ship. Uh, like, no <laughs> joke. Like, he had the like... The accent, like, that's, like, stereotypical. Love it. We were dying. Also, I forgot to say that our captain was saying that when he's not sailing the ship, he loves driving on in his Ferraris. Man. <laughs> Which we love because it makes you think of Luigi from, <laughs> from Cars. He's like, the Ferraris. I love that so much. Yeah. Okay, so Casa Concordia. Captain Francesco Satino. So this cruise ship was sailing around the Mediterranean. See, like it was like an Italian cruise ship. 
It was built in Italy. Everyone on there is mostly Italian. Okay. Like, all the passengers were mostly Italian. There's, like, some other people from other places on there. But, like, the majority of people, Italy. And that's, like, that's where it started in Italy, and it sailed around, like, the Mediterranean. And... Um, so what happened was on January 13th of 2012, it deviated from a planned route at Isola del Giglio in Tuscany. It's just an island okay. in Tuscany. Um, it sailed too close to the island and hit a rock formation, the reef that's there. The reef, hey. this reef is very, very protected. <gasps> so like this ended up like... They had they had issues because it was on like a very protected reef. Big trouble. Big trouble. Cost a lot of money, and like it's a very protected reef. There's like things on there, like in there that are protected, like ecologically. But sailed too close. Um, in this tour, a 115 foot gash into oh, the no. ship. So that's big. It's it was big. Um, and I'll tell you why he did this in a second, but... Why? Yes. Oh my goodness, I'm scared. I'll tell you. Okay. Um, so water submerged the genera generators and engines. It ca caused the ship to list on the starboard side, the right side. And list means like, angle of list is like where it's tilting. So it, when you say a ship is listing, it's tilting. And so it's tilting on the right side. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So you'll hear lists a lot. List. List. Um, uh, so it listed like at 20 degrees, which is a lot. Yeah. And then at one point it was listing 70 degrees, oh. which is like, yeah. done. it's tipped over basically. Um, so it listed at 20 degrees, which created problems launching lifeboats. Oh. And. Oh no. It partially sank and landed on an underwater ledge. Um, so that's like what happened after it hit. Like the, I, that was a sped up version. I'm gonna tell you like more details of like what was happening while yeah. after they hit the the reef. But um, so the bridge. Do you know what the bridge is? The bridge is where like the captain, like the steering, all that stuff. Okay. Is. It's like the main control center of a vessel. And so, before they approached the island, uh, so, Captain Shinetta, Sh Shatino, I'm, I'm going to say a different name every time, <laughs> Captain Shatino, he turned off the alarm system for the computer navigation, because it was going to be like, you're going off course. Yeah. He turned it off because he thought he knew what he was doing. He's like, I'm doing what the pirates did. Yeah. I'm following... The stars. Exactly. No, so he's saying, I was, this is like a quote from him. Okay. I was navigating by sight because I know those seabeds well. Honestly, he doesn't. Well, okay, all, the entire sea looks the same, so <laughs> I don't believe you. I mean, like, I feel like the water would be clear because I feel like it sounds like it'd be clear in the Mediterranean, like in Tuscany. I just yeah, imagine like clear blue waters. But still. You're in a giant boat. You need to be able to see what's. I don't trust, I don't, I would not trust that. I know, like, how old is this man? He probably needs glasses to begin with, and then now he's like, oh, I can just look around. I know my way. <laughs> like, no, you are blind. You probably are. I'm dead that you said that, because um, the ship's first officer 
Ciro Ambrosio said that Shatino forgot his glasses. <laughs> See? <laughs> He's blind. <laughs> and so Ciro had to check the radar for him. Okay, well, th that should be a rule that you can't drive, like, do, like, uh, captain boats without, like, all the prop, like, like, you can't drive without your glasses if you're required to. Yeah, he's doing a lot of sketchy things, oh though, goodness, at this man. point. Um, so, Shatino claimed that Costa Cruises, like, the cruise line owner, basically, like, the overall owner is, like, Carnival Cruises, like, this is, like, their, okay. like, their baby company, I don't know. Like, and Carnival owns, like, a lot of the cruise lines. Like, Carnival owns, like, Princess and all oh, that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they kind of own, like, a lot. And, but Casa Cruises is, like, the one that's, like, the main one for this cruise line anyways. Um, he said that Casa Cruises told him to perform a sail past salute, which is to sail closer to an island to salute, like, the people on the island. What? It's like a thing. Okay. But. So you're going to go without your glasses and you're going to be like, that's like if you are driving on the edge of a cliff because you're like, let's just look over it. Exactly. Like what? That, it, it, that's basically exactly what happened. Um, so then Costa Cruises was like, we didn't tell you to do that. He's just trying to come up with excuses. Anyways. Gaslighting a cruise line. So the, at the time... Um, Chitino had the maitre d' hotel, I, it's like French, it's ma but I know it's maitre d' hotel. Okay. But I'm probably not saying it with like the right accent. Um, Come on Haley, work on your French accent. I know, I took French in high school, my French accent was bad, so I just said everything in French in my American accent, so I was real bad. Uh, but anyways, so, I'm like literally talking with my hands right now, so... <laughs> Y'all, we can see this, I but know, we're no, shaking our hands. We right? are. Um, so, the maitre d' hotel of the ship was from Del Giglio, like the island that okay. they're going past. And there is a Moldovian dancer. Her name is Domicia. Domicia? It's like Domicia. So, Moldovia is like in, is in Eastern Europe. It's like the Balkans. I think it's by like Transylvania. Okay, Hotel Transylvania. I've got you. I've I think got that. It's like Eastern Europe. It's like I wanna say it was by Transylvania. Don't actually quote the me vampires. on that. Don't actually quote me on that. It's somewhere in the vicinity of Eastern Europe. Okay. Um uh Domicia Cremorton. I don't know how to say her name. But um uh Shatino was in a romantic relationship with her and Ooh. That's not his wife. <gasps> scandal. It is a scandal. My goodness. Um, he was like, oh, I know I wrote this down because I was like, you know what? Lauren's going to ask. But did I actually put this on this thing? I might have. Um, she was like, he was like in his 50s and she was like in her 20s. Oh. Which is See? like not like the worst. She's like older 20s. She's like, I think my age. She's like 26, 27. That's. Not and he's good. like he's like fifty two, so it's like I would still throw up about that. Yeah, well, I mean, I, it throws up about him because it's like, yeah, it, like well, he's yeah. cheating on his wife. Well, and her. also, yeah, cheating, and then also he's just like kind of sketch. And yeah, then, no, he's trying also, to show off. 
Yeah, if it was like a celebrity, a 52-year-old celebrity that's really hot, I'd be like, go for it, Haley. Yeah. I mean, uh, same thing with you. Like, go for it. Yeah. Even like, though... I'd be throwing up a little bit, but then I'd be like, yeah! I mean, but it's Matthew kidding. McConaughey was like... Oh the, my goodness. Like, single. Obviously, he's married. Yeah. No, no, no. But if he's single, and he's... I think he's in his 50s. I don't know how old he is. He, if he came up to you, you'd be like, let's do this. Let's... Yeah. Know, yeah. Let's date. Anyways, okay, so that's what was happening on the bridge. I called my mom and she was like, oh, is that the story about the the captain who was showing off and hit the protective reef? And I was like, yes, it is, and the boat sank. And she's like, That's yes. crazy. Okay, so the, this is what was happening on the deck. So passengers, I think they're all at dinner. They heard a loud bang. I'd be freaking out if and I was like, I, mean, I mean, when I heard the and I woke up, I was like so confused. I mean, I wasn't freaking out because no one else was freaking out. So you just like you don't know what it is. You hear you hear things. Oh, my sister-in-law thought things that we hit a whale. Um, on our cruise ship, oh she heard like a big thump, and nothing happened. You probably did. I'm so sad. I'm gonna cry. Don't cry. Don't, don't cry. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we hit an iceberg or something. But we're fine. I hope so. <laughs> um, so passengers heard a loud bang. And they were told that they were fine, um, but there was like an electrical failure. Like they're like, oh, nothing happened, everything's fine. There was just an electrical failure, and that's why there was a big bang. They like turn off the lights. They're like, oh, there's a power outage. Whoops! <laughs> Flickering the lights on and off. Then the ship started to shake. Oh no! Dishes falling, people running, chaos. Um. And then so, like, people were running, and they're falling down the stairs, getting hurt, because people panic, and then run. Like, yeah. that's what you do. And people are yelling, okay, I forgot to put a warning. I'm going to be swearing in Italian. It's not that bad, what I'm saying. Okay. It's like... My ears! Let me unplug them. Just kidding. It's like, ick, but with uh, a capital D. Okay. So, uh, they're, they're yelling, Cazzo. I'm, I'm definitely not even saying it right, so... They're yelling Kazo, and that's kind of important because someone else says this, so, and it's kind of funny, but, um, oh my goodness, I almost fell off the couch. So, uh, they were told, oh, this happened, like, on the Terrarian Sea? I'm definitely saying that wrong, but, um, so they were told to put on life jackets, and, um, this has happened like when the ship started to tilt because like I said it started to list at like 20 degrees and so all the people are told to put life jackets on and 30 minutes before the abandoned ship order so there is an abandoned ship order but this happens be 30 minutes before that um, a crew member at a muster station so a muster station like everyone has certain muster stations they're supposed to go to and like you know how people say like oh we mustered up the people to like fight against this. Muster means to like gather, gather basically. Yeah, because I've heard of like I mustered up the courage. Yes, so like it may, basically it's like where you're supposed to gather. Okay. And usually when you go on a cruise, you either have to sit and watch. Like the first time I went, we had to sit in this big like amphitheater, like theater place, and they talked about like how to put on a life jacket like we're wearing life jackets and they tell us what muster station we're supposed to go to the second time i was on a cruise there was a video we're supposed to watch and it said if you watched it or not on your tvs 
So it just tells you all the same things. And then you're supposed to check in at your master station. I can't remember what show it was on. Or maybe it could have been I just watched it on TikTok, but I feel like someone was there on a cruise. Was it New Girl? They weren't on a cruise. Was it like Sweet Life on Deck? Uh, no, but they no. were like, who goes, someone goes on a cruise and they get stuck on there for a couple days. Is that New Girl? I feel, I feel like, I don't I know. I feel like that is New Girl where they get stuck on there for a couple days. Okay, you think about that and I'll keep talking about this. But, so, 30 minutes before the abandoned ship order, a crew member at a muster station was... Oh, it is! It is New Girl. This is iconic, I forgot. Yeah. It's stuck in the, in the yes. room. Um, so a crew member is recorded at a muster station telling people that they solved the problem and they could go back to their rooms. This is, there's no okay. problem being solved. This is 30 minutes before um, people are told to leave the ship. That's really scary. It is scary. Um, because the ship had listed so much, it made normal lifeboat evacuation almost impossible. So I wrote down the military times, and I was like, I'm going to write the military times to be fun. Now I'm like, what time is this? Okay, tell me. I think it's 10. So it's 22.12, so 10, 10, 10, yeah. at 10, 12 p.m., um, Italian port officials were told that the Casa Concordia, that they were suffering from an electrical blackout, from a blown electrical generator. Generator. Wait. So, so at 10, did they lie about the, or did they have an electrical failure? I'm sure they had an electrical failure, but that, oh, okay. but but they didn't. They were like they didn't clean about the. Cause. No, they didn't. Oh, I should have said. So the time that they hit the reef was at um, 9:42 to 9:45. Okay. So then at 10:12. That's a while. To they have, yeah. Like, they times. contacted the Italian port officials oh, and they goodness. told them. They're just, there's a generator blue and they're having electrical problems. Even though they had a giant hole in their ship and their ship was taking on water, leaning all at this time. So, um, so a patrol boat, uh, which is from the Guardia de Financia, basically. It's like um, the finance like police, but they have a boat. I have no idea what that means or why they have a boat, but this is a, this is a Tuscany. Who knows? Maybe they got like white collar crimes going on in boats, well, and that's know. why they go and check around. Probably. But um, so they made a call to the ship and got no answer because they're like, "This looks kind of sketch. Why is the ship leaning? It looks like it's going under the water. We don't know." So they're calling, and they got no answer. And then at ten twenty six. Chitino told the port of Livorno Harbor, the, the port of Livorno Harbor Master, that the ship was taking on water from an opening and asked for a tugboat to like to tug them away. Like, because they couldn't, they, they couldn't oh like move goodness. the ship. Um, then at 10.50, the evacu evacuation order was given. And so at 9... This is an hour. An hour. It took an hour for them to be like, we need to evacuate the ship. That's like a really, really long time. And like, the, like, mind you, the gash in the ship is 115 feet long. They could have 
Because they didn't even alert anyone. They were just panicking on their own or trying to cover it up. And then they're like, oh, this is actually bad. We need to yeah. tell someone after almost half an hour. Well, and then the ship is leaning. So it's leaning on the starboard side. So it made, like, lifeboats. Like, so as Hilarious. the ship is filling up water, it starts leaning even more. So it makes the lifeboats harder to get to. And they made an hour to evacuate. So the ship is leaning, it hit, like the ship is leaning yeah, an hour's worth of leaning. And, and so the lifeboats, some of the lifeboats you couldn't even use because they were leaning so much. Um, but so they were alerted one hour after the disaster. Uh, oh, so at, at 10.42, the port authorities were alerted. I would chill like what happened. Like they're like, the ship is taking on water. It's leaning. We need help. And then at 10.50, uh, was like, oh, everyone needs to evacuate the ship. And so some passengers jumped into the water. I, that's probably what I would do in this situation, because this is Italy. I jump into the Mediterranean water way before I jumped into the, the Atlantic Ocean, like in uh, <laughs> Titanic. Yeah. Um, some ready to evacuate. Some of the people, passengers were ready to evacuate, but delayed by crew for an extra 45 minutes. What? Because they didn't immediately lower the lifeboats. Oh my goodness. Um, some sources say that the boat did not list until um, till like 11.15, which means if, so like the boat, so some, they're saying that the boat didn't tilt start tilting to like 11.15 or like really badly to like 11.15 and um Shinedo didn't give the the evacuation order till like 10.50 and so the boat crashed at like 9.45 he didn't give the evacuation order to 10.50 and some people said that the boat didn't start leaning and making the lifeboats really hard to use till 11.15 yeah so there's like a whole like an hour and like 30 minutes, an hour and a half that they could have had to like use these lifeboats, but he only gave them like 20 minutes to like get on the lifeboats before it got impossible to use some of them. Oh my goodness. So second captain, Robert Bos Boschio, um, he was the coordinated deck officer, like he, oh, so he coordinated deck officers. He was like trying to help people like evacuate him and some other deck officers and junior officers and crew members. They began to evacuate the ship before the order was given, which would like, so they had that order had not been given and they're evacuating people. So like that could have been seen as like a mutiny so they're mutiny mutinous in like a really good way they're trying okay. to help people out yeah mutiny yeah so they're riding the lifeboats moving passengers from their cabins which they said like which could be in have care but which has been characterized as a mutiny but like they're doing something good so we love a good mutiny <laughs> um and then, so most of the crew couldn't speak Italian and could only speak basic English. So they had a hard time, like, communicating with passengers. 
hard time communicating with each other, hard time understanding like the officers because they all spoke Italian. They were like all Italian. So it's just really hard. There that was like hard. not good communication. Um, so three people who jumped into the water drowned. No. So uh, uh, it was said I like- I forgot that this is a true crime podcast. I'm drowned. So three people drowned. So a local fire chief and his men saved 100 people in the water and about like 60 people on the ship. Um, and then, so five helicopters, it was like from the Italian Coast Guard, um, Navy and Air Force, they were airlifting survivors. Um, there, oh, I will tell you this in a second. But, um, so at 11.30, so he gave the evacuation at 11.15. Yeah. At 11.30, so 15 minutes later, Shinetto left the ship. What? He left the ship. There's so bunch of people on the ship. He left the ship. Um, what happened to a captain goes down with the ship? So I looked up, like, I'm like, is that still a rule? Like, do you have to go down with your ship? And it says that, um, maritime tra- tradition dictates that the captain ensures the safe evacuation of every passenger before he evacuates himself. Uh, yeah, like, obviously you don't have to... Like, die on you your ship. You don't have to die. But you have to make but sure you have to that make sure everyone else gets off first. Yes, everyone has to get off first, and then you can get off, or like everyone who can get off. Because those some, are all like they're all innocent people, and you just mess. Yeah. Just, oh my goodness. So he's like, bye. Um. So he leaves the ship, and so Captain Gregorio del Falco. I believe in him. He's a cap. Yeah, he's a captain of like a Coast Guard thing, and he's. Like, he's calling um, Shatino on the phone and saying, Bada uh, Bordo Cazo, which is basically telling him to get get back on board, you, like, um, you bad word. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Get back on the ship! Yeah, or, like, like, it could be also translated to, like, get, like, the F back on the ship. My goodness. Like, you... I'd be like, ahead. I'd be like, get, like, well, it's, like, I understand he wants to be safe, but it's like, no, 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 He no, did no. this. Yeah, like. He crashed the ship to show, like, to and be then, prideful. And then he's not even, like, helping. No, he did nothing. Like, he's, you, like, there are other people cleaning up your mess now, and they're all helping, and, like, people died at my man. Okay, so I have to tell you something. So, you know, like, have you ever seen them, like, christen a ship? Like, you get break a champagne bottle against a ship. Oh, okay. That's, like, a thing. So, they, um, there's, like, a home video. I tried to find, I saw this thing, and it gave me a link, and I clicked on the link, and it said the video wasn't there anymore. But there's a home video of the, of the launch, and so they, there's a champagne bottle that you break against a ship. So the first time they hit the champagne bottle against the ship, it doesn't break. If that is that, a sign. That is a bad omen. Like, that's seen as a bad omen. And so, the, I mean, they hit it again and then it broke, but it didn't break the first time, so bad omen. Yikes. So then at 1 a.m., like 1.06 a.m., Air Force officer uh, said... About 100 people were still left on board at 1.06 a.m. So the ship by, oh, I don't know what time the ship actually sank into the water. 
But so it doesn't fully sink. It like it goes. It tips over and. And then it just sort of bobs there for a little bit. No, it, so it's it's because it's oh. on a shelf. So it's like oh. it's it's sunk fully, but it's still kind of sticking out of the water. But it's like on its side basically. Okay. So this is this is going into like finding people. <gasps> no. So um, this happened on January thirteenth. So on January fourteenth. To January 30th of 20, 2012, That's rescue divers cool. searched for missing passengers. January 14th, they found a newlywed couple trapped <gasps> in their cabin. They're alive. They found oh. them. They're alive. Oh. They're just, they okay. slept through the whole thing and Whoa. they woke up trapped in their room. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then the ship's purser, so the money guy of the ship, they found him. He had a broken leg. <gasps> and then, um, so on January 15th, they thought they found the final two bodies. Oh no. Um, then, then it goes, oh, so January 15th of 2013. So it's <gasps> a whole, like a whole year oh, later. They thought they found the final two bodies. But then in November 3rd of 2014, they found the, like the last body. And they found it because they had like removed the ship from oh. the reef. Uh, so after the ship had sunk, people sailed out there and like looted the ship. Not me though. <laughs> I just think. Of... Well, there's dead bodies. Oh, I forgot. There's like found some people, like dead people. <laughs> so that's kind of scary, but I mean. No, but like if I if there was just a ship that was just like there, it just make make me think of like like if I was a mermaid, I would do that. Oh, if I was a mermaid for sure. For sure. I, if I was a mermaid, I'd be helping people, honestly. Yeah, I'd be like so Ariel helping like Prince Eric and then yeah. making them fall in love with me. <laughs> uh, exactly. So on January 27th of, I'm pretty sure this is of 2012, um, they came out with a compensation package. It was 11,000 euros where, um, so they gave all the passengers 11,000 euros. Each. Each. And they're allowed to cancel any other trips that they had planned. That? They weren't gonna get punished for canceling the other trips that they had planned. Oh. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd be like, I don't trust you people. No, I would be so scared. Uh, so then the crew, they were paid about two months or so longer worth of wages. So like than like what they were like um, contracted out to do. So the two months longer. Okay. Two months or longer worth of wages and they're paid um, 2,250 euros for any loss of like personal property so um, like I'm not gonna like go into like how much it costs like clean up the ship because it's like a lot and it's like five bajillion dollars yeah and like uh, they like had to the reef was like hurt and so they had to like yeah. heal the reef or whatever they had to use mermaid help they did have to use mermaid help. So, Franz, Francesco Satino, the captain, and Ciro Ambrosio, the first officer, this is the one who was like, he didn't wear his glasses, so I had to check the radar. They were both arrested Ooh. under suspicion of manslaughter and violations mm. of the Italian Penal Code and Code of Navigation. And the it was for like three causes, basically. It said imprudence, which is the lack of caution, care, or diligence. Um, negligent, neg imprudence, negligence, 
and incompetence. So they were arrested, like, that was, like, they're, like, extra. So manslaughter, yeah. but, like, this yeah. is why. Like, they're this incompetent. is what they did. Um, resulting in deaths and abandoning, like, 300 people. So, did I, I, I don't know if, did I write down how many people died? I don't think so. Did I do that? Did I do that? Okay, well, let's see. I don't, I thought I did, but I might not have written down how many people died. Okay, so 33, 33 people died, 27 passengers. Oh, you know what? I do have this written. Sorry. Okay, I forgot to tell you guys this. So there are a total of 3,206 passengers um, on the cruise, like when they started. And then the crew was 1,023. Uh, and, and then there are a total of the deaths were, there were 27 passengers died. died oh my goodness. Five crew members died. Oh. One person who were, who's helping salvage stuff, died. And then there were 64 non-fatal injuries. That's crazy. Yeah, so. That's terrible. It is terrible. So that's like the, that's the manslaughter resulting in deaths. And then they abandoned 300 people that were still on the ship at the time. Um, so they abandoned 300 people who were unable to fend for themselves, not having been like not having been the last to leave the shipwreck, that's what they're getting in trouble for. Then on July 30th of 2013, five people were found guilty of manslaughter, negligence, and wrecking. So Roberto Ferni was the company's crisis director. He was not on the ship. Like he was just someone that they called and yeah. he just didn't help. He was found guilty. Um, he went to jail for two years and ten months. Uh, Mauricio Gamperoni, he was the captain service director, the hotel director. He went to jail for two and a half years. So basically they got in trouble for being bad at the evacuation. Ciro uh, Ambrosio, the first officer. Jacob Rusli. Ben, he was the steering steering ship. He steered the ship in the wrong direction. My goodness. Uh, third officer, Sylvia Cornosia. They were all given like two to one, one to two years, um, for understanding the extent of the disaster and delaying adequate response. Yeah. You can't just like stand around like. Yeah. And then there was a separate child, the separate child of Captain Francesco Satino, happened on February 25th, and he was convicted and sentenced to 16 years in jail. Bye. <laughs> yeah, bye, exactly. Serving in Ribia, in the Ribia prison in Rome. I'm pretty sure I said that wrong. But... He's in the, the same jail as this guy who tried to assassinate the Pope. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And he, like, I know something crazy. Like, he had been in a different prison. He escaped. He tried to assassinate the Pope. Like, he what? shot the Pope. And then the Pope forgave him. So I don't know if he's I'm going to talk about the Pope 
forgiven people. Really? Yeah. Nice. But now we're on to the Titanic. And I made Lauren watch this movie yesterday. Yeah. All three hours. And it was so good and so bad and so sad. Yes. By yesterday, I mean Saturday, October 7th. That's yeah. when we watched Titanic. Lauren's first time watching it. It's my first time. Never really had a desire to watch it. Already knew about the Titanic. And I was like, man, I've seen the memes. What else is there? And boy, was I wrong. I know, it's a good I movie. I cried so hard. And uh, the part... The, there's a part that I never noticed before, and it's like this dad putting his daughter on the lifeboat. And yeah, he's with, like, the, with the wife and the other Yeah, daughter. he's like, I'm gonna go on the ship with the, I'm gonna go on like the, the boat with the other daddies or something. Yeah, because they're like, this is the, this is the boat for the mommies and the babies. Then I will, I'll go on the boat for the other daddies. It's so like, sad. No. Yeah, you're like, no, he's not making it. Okay, so the Titanic, the RMS Titanic. So RMS stands for Royal Mail Ship. So this is called R RMS because the Titanic carried post. So it had mail on it, and people tried to save the mail, but obviously that didn't happen. Um, the mail's gone. Well, you know what? That's the least of your worries. <laughs> Sometimes you'll see a ship that says HMS, and that means His Majesty's ship or Her Majesty's ship, depending on who's like the king or queen. Of right now we have. A King. Yeah, so everything's his majesty. Uh, his royal majesty or his majesty or... Actually, don't want to slander the king on here when he yeah. comes for us. Just kidding. Just know... That, I think I was a child. That just, was scary. Just know that we miss Betty Windsor. Yeah. So, the Titanic was one of three Olympic-class ocean liners built by Harlan and Wolf for the White Star Line. So, the RMS Olympic... So these are the three ships. The RMS Olympic was called Old Reliable because the only one that didn't sink. And then other, obviously there's the RMS Titanic, and then there's the HMS Britannic. So HMHS, I'm sorry, these are, means His Majesty's Hospital Ship. Okay. So this one wasn't originally going to be a hospital ship, but... Um, and this only sank because of World War One. So on November twenty-first of nineteen sixteen, at nine at eight twelve a.m., uh, the HMHS Britannic hit a mine. Oh! And this happened in World War One, and this is like four years after the Titanic. Um, it hit a mine and sank. It's the largest ship lost in World War One, and the world's largest sunken passenger ship. I don't know if that counts like today, but like at the time it was the world's largest. Yeah. So there were 166 people on board. There was 673 crew members. There's 315 Royal Army Medical Corps. Corps? Yeah, like not like corpses, but corps. Like, like the... Oh, like C-O-R-P-S? Yes. Like core? Core? Is that what it's called? Like the... Yeah. It's, is that how you say it? Core? Yeah. Okay, sorry. The 315 Royal Army Medical yeah. Corps. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's like this. Oh, I read that as corpse. That's like Lajola. Yeah. 
Okay, so the their 315 Royal Army Medical Corps. Can I say how I learned that? I learned that in an American Girl book. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Love that. You know what? I learned, you learn a lot of stuff in the American Girl books. Yeah, I was in the Kit Kit Ridge book. Love that. Um, there are 77 nurses also on board. So, this is the differences in the situation. So, there are 30 life, 35 lifeboats on this ship versus the Titanic's 20 lifeboats. Whoa! Whoa! Um, the, the temperature of the water was... 68 degrees Fahrenheit or 20 degrees Celsius versus the Titanic's 28 degrees Fahrenheit oh, or negative 2 degrees Celsius. That's so sad. Help was closer, um, less than two hours like away for the the Britannic versus the Titanic's three and a half hours where help was that far away. Um, only 30 people died out of the the... 1,066 people on board. Okay. 38 were injured. Um, of the injured people, it was 18 crew and 20 of the Royal Army Medical Corps. So I have a little note that says, I recommend watching videos on ship engines and how people sail passenger ships. It's actually really interesting. So I recommend watching it because they're super interesting and I'll give you more information. But, so now we're on to the Titanic. I went on a little, a little tangent. But, so the Titanic was said that even God can't take the Titanic. Which I feel like, you're tempting fate with that. Oh uh, no. Don't say that. Nobody's saying... If those are the headlines, like, I would be a little bit scared. Yes. Um, they called it the unsinkable ship. I think it's so funny that they called it these things and then it literally happened. Like, yeah. I well, I'll tell you why they called it the unsinkable yeah. ship. But, um... As time I was sing I was gonna do this and she started singing this song about Titanic. It was like a like a girls camp song or like a camp song. Okay. About the Titanic. And she's like, You should sing that I'm like, I don't even know that song. And then she's like, It's terrible and then she's singing the words and it's so sad. It's like one of those things that you're singing about like a terrible thing, kinda like It's like Ring Around the Rosie. Ring Around the Rosie yeah. where you're singing about something and you're like having the time of your life, but then when you're like listening to the words, you're like, this is terrible. Yeah. It was kind of like that. It was funny. But anyway, so it's called Unsinkable because it has 16 compartments that could easily be sealed off, like if it started filling with water, but they were only watertight horizontally. So only like this. And because they were open at the top, so if it started tilting, like oh. it started going like under, the top then would overflow. So... There were a hundred, or sorry, one thousand three hundred seventeen passengers. There was three hundred, three hundred and twenty-four of those passengers were first class. Uh, Two hundred and eighty-four were second class. Seven hundred and nine were third class. So third class is like the biggest amount of people. Okay. So they're in steerage. Um, second class. They're like the least amount, and then the first class was like the second. Yeah. And then today, nowadays, if they like bought tickets to Titanic, it'd be like a hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Whoa. Like that's how much it costs for them. And then I saw something like for some of the like third class steerage tickets, it was like seven dollars like back in the day, which would be like like eighteen hundred dollars today. Whoa. That's crazy. Yeah. So um. 
Of the passengers, not the crew, of the passengers, 66% were male. There were 869 male passengers. And then 447 female passengers, which is 34%. And then of the 885 crew members, only 23 were female. Huh. Um, so, there, yeah. I mean, there's, there's kind of some, like, some people don't know, like, how many people exactly were on the ship because they, like, the crew kind of got hired. Some of the crew got hired, like, day of, stuff like yeah. that. So it's, like, not really the, the amount of people. People probably snuck on. Yeah. Um, so the ship was commanded by Captain Edward Smith. Um, he was 62 years old. He had 40 years of seafaring experience. Wow. He was the most senior of White Star Line's captain, captains. Um, so this is a little background. Ice conditions contributed to work. Contrib so the ice conditions that were a little worse, well, they're actually worse. They were like the worst they'd ever been like within like 50 years. Like they're like, oh, worst in, in 50 years time. Like how when you move to Utah, everyone's like, this is the worst. The worst winter we've had in like 30 years yeah. or whatever. It's like the worst winter ice conditions that they've had in like 50 years. My and it, it happened because they actually had a mild, like um, a mild winter, which caused large numbers of icebergs to shift off the west coast of Greenland. Ooh. So they even had climate change back in 1912. All right, Lauren, this is for everyone. Share your facts about 1912. Yay! I've been waiting to, for her to share the year. Because uh, this, this honestly, this is what I think about all the time. Every time someone brings up the Titanic, I have to share. It happened in 1912. And you know what else happened in 1912? One, March in 1912, Girl Scouts was created. I was a Girl Scout. It created. In 1912, Lauren is <laughs> yeah, and more I, than 100 years I old. I am a vampire, actually. She's like 110 um, years old. Girl Scouts is great. Made some of the best cookies ever, obviously. Anyway. Speaking of good cookies. Speaking of good cookies, you know what else came out in 1912? Oreos. Which, last night while I was watching the Titanic, I cried a little bit because I knew that some people were never able to eat an Oreo. And it just made me sad because I just was thinking about that. So, anyway. <laughs> oh, love that. Well, this is an ad for Oreos. Please, Oreo company of Oreo. I don't know who owns Oreo. I love money. Oreos. Hey, it's money. Oh. We love Oreos because we're such a popular podcast. Everyone listens to us. <laughs> Anyways, so on April 14th. Um, oh, sorry. April 10th. Uh, 1912, the Titanic leaves on her maiden journey from Southampton, England, um, in, an af in the afternoon to go to New York. So they're going from England to America. And like Fabrizio from uh, Titanic, some people never made it to America. But I will say, if you watch Ghostbusters 2, the Titanic does make it to... Um, does make it to New York, and then the guy, and he's like, better late than never, and it's like my favorite, that's my favorite part of Ghostbusters too. Um, sorry. So on April 14th, four days later, 
they, that day, they had received six messages from other ships about the ice conditions. Um, but they kept going at 22 knots. Oh, whoa, that's fast. It is fast. Because I'm just like thinking about how we talked about Like early. three knots, yeah. No, 22 knots. Me going at half a knot. It's it's fast. Like when you think about like how big your ship is. Yeah. And like then how much you have to how much you have to maneuver. Like obviously three knots, two knots, one knot. Doesn't sound like but it's like, you know when you're driving something big, you gotta be careful. And if you're going slightly too fast, it's just crazy. Anyway, so they're going twenty twenty two knots, which is two knots slower than maximum speed. Oh wow. Um and this was criticized as reckless, but it was standard uh, maritime practice. North Atlantic liners prior, prior, prioritized timekeeping above all else. Uh, so, like, we got a schedule to stick to. That, that's reminding me of, like, the Polar Express, where they're like, yes. he's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Exactly. So, the air was clear. So, this, now we're, like, fast forward nine time. The air is clear. There's no stars, there's no moon, oh, there, no, there were stars, there's no moon, and the sea was calm, which, you know, sounds like good conditions, it's actually bad, because um, if the sea had been rougher, they would have been able to see waves breaking against icebergs, oh. but because it was so calm, they couldn't see anything. And it's so dark. And it's so dark, because yeah. there's no moon. And... Um, so in the Titanic, like the movie, that movie's actually really accurate if you watch it and you research the Titanic. I was impressed. You like, you're like, oh my goodness, they included that. But so there's like a miscommunication or a misplacement. They're supposed to get binoculars in Southampton, but they never, they didn't get them or they got misplaced. So the people like on uh, in the the lookout, the crow's nest. They didn't have any binoculars to look out to look for icebergs, but it was also dark, and it's not like they had night vision. Yeah. So I'm like, how much could the icebergs have helped? They need or, I mean, the night icebergs. vision binoculars. Yeah, they needed binoculars or night vision. Anyways, so most passengers had gone to bed by this point. Um, Rose and Jack doing other things at this point. <laughs> So, command of the bridge had passed from second officer, Charles Light-Toller, to first officer, William Murdoch. William Murdoch is the one who actually shoots Tommy, and then... Oh, no, then he, no, like, oh, no! He shoots himself, and then... Does that actually happen in real life? I'll tell you. So, okay. I'll tell you when I get to that part. But, um, he's the one who Cal tries to give the money to, and then he throws it back. Yeah. And then... Charles Light Toller, he's like the other, you know how like on one side, it's like Officer Murdoch, the one that gets the money yeah. and stuff, and then it's the, the other guy on the other side, there's another guy yeah. on the other side, it's like skinny, um, these are both those guys, okay. so they, Who's like, Mr. Fantastic, Mr. Fantastic is someone else, okay, I don't know, I forgot to look him up, <laughs> I forgot to look him up, that's okay, he's my favorite, I love him, so, and then there are lookouts, Frederick Fleet, and Reginald Lee were in the crow's nest. And they're the yes. ones who see Rose and Jack, like, on the deck. And they're like, oh, look! They're like, I bet they're warm. And then, like, if that's what keeps us warm, get away from me. Because they're, like, kissing. Um, so that's Frederick Fleet and Reginald Lee. I recommend watching Titanic after this so you know I'm talking about people. 
Anyways, so at um, 11.30, they, Frederick and Reginald, they noticed a slight haze on the horizon, which is a mirage caused by cold water meeting warm air. Not like, oh, the air is actually warm, but it's significantly wa warmer than like the 28 degrees that yeah. the ocean is. So it causes a mirage and this creates this mirage raises the horizon, blinding the lookouts from things that are far away. Oh my goodness. So, and then this is right around when the Titanic enters Iceberg Alley, and it's just like this straight, like, that in... A little Iceberg Alley in the world. It's like in, oh, like, I think it's like by the Netherlands or something. Okay. It's like a straight, and there's a bunch of icebergs. So then, uh, nine months later, at 11.39, Frederick Fleet spots an iceberg. And so he, rang, he rings the lookout bell three times and he calls the bridge. And six officer James Moody answered. And um, you see Moody in the movie. And I think, yeah, yeah they, they, he's the one with the drink. Yeah, yes, he's, he has his tea. Um, and then so Fleet tells Moody iceberg right ahead and they try to move her away from from the iceberg but the angles the ship is going too fast. It's too I, I have to say I like that you're using um, uh, ship lingo and calling the boat her. <laughs> oh <funny>. yeah. <laughs> they try to maneuver, uh, <laughs> maneuver, her, maneuver her away but the angles um, so some of the rudders or it's like one of the rudders can't go backwards, like it can only go one direction. Uh -huh. So when they're trying to move it, like this one couldn't move. And then it locks like the steering. Oh. Just the way that they could, so they couldn't turn, like they couldn't maneuver correctly because they got, it, it just is too tight of a turn. And so they couldn't turn the ship effectively. So, but they had turned enough to avoid a head-on collision, but they struck the iceberg with a, like a glancing blow. And this caused six narrow openings, things covering a total area of 30 feet. The ship began to flood immediately. So it started flooding, it was 7.1 tons of water per second. That's how much the boat was taking on. Seven crazy tons per second. Basically. I don't even know really how much a ton weighs, but I can imagine, and that's it's, a lot. It's a lot. It's 15 times faster than what could be pumped out. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So the lower deck compartments were not sealed at the top. Um, the Titanic was only designed to float with any two compartments that were flooded. So there's 16 and any two combinations, doesn't matter, as two of them, it would be able to float. But um, certain common, and it would still float with certain combinations of like Wait, three. and how many were started at the beginning? And then everything, you know, went down. Oh, I'll get there. Okay. So this is just like some information about the compartments. Okay. If any two were flooded, they'd be okay. okay. It could still float. Certain combinations of three to four would still float, but five, five plus, um, that's the downfall. That's like it's gonna continue to flood. Like you're you're done so. So the collision allowed water to flood six of the compartments. 
So six started filling up. That's oh, you're no. done. It's, it's bad news. Like so that's the part of the movie. They close them. That's like when they press the the thing and they start closing. Oh yeah, and then all and then there's certain people that yeah. are like stuck and. <gasps> oh. um, okay, so Captain Smith, uh, he felt a collision in his cabin and immediately came to the bridge and summoned summoned Thomas Andrews. Thomas Andrews is Victor Garber in Titanic, like okay. the, yeah, the the handsome. Like one who plays the bad, who plays the bad professor and legally blonde. Legally blonde. He was a Titanic builder. He's like I think he's Irish or whatever. And um, so they, both of them, they went down to the lower decks and found that the forward cargo hold, so the forward, the bow basically, cargo hold, mail room, and squash court, squash court, squash is like racquetball. Um, we're all flooded, and so I like to think this is the cargo hold that that Rose and Jack had like left earlier. Oh, you know. Yeah. Um, and then the boiler room started to flood. Oh my goodness! So forty-five minutes after impact, thirteen thousand tons of water had like thirteen thousand seven hundred tons of water. That's insane. Had entered the ship. So this is how the ship sank. So first five compartments filled, then it like started to flood, then it flooded into like the next ones. So when the first five flooded, um, the sh it equalized. So they all got, they are at the same level. And then this caused a lot of weight to be on the bow, the front of the ship. So this started pulling down the front of the ship. So that's like what you see in the movie, like the front of the ship like starts going under. Yeah. Um, the ship started to list at about 9 degrees, so it started tilting at about 9 degrees on the port side. And so again, you see that in the movie, slightly tilted, and it's getting pulled under. So more compartments fill up, it's pulling it under even more. Um, this causes the bow to sink at an accelerated pace. So like when it starts like, like going under more, then the funnels, like the, the tubes that are like on the top of the Titanic that you can yeah. see, those start to collapse. And the stern comes up as the the bow comes down. So like in the like so this the bow is in the water, the stern comes up, and this creates a ton of pressure, a ton of stress in the middle of the ship because And then it starts to So then it breaks and then the bow swings the bow's like completely out of order. The bow swings down and um, the stern kind of falls back a little bit, and they're still slightly attached. The bow's still going underwater, bringing the stern with it, and then stern goes almost vertical, and then goes down into the water, and then um, then it sinks below the water. So they detach completely. Stern goes almost vertical, sinks in the ocean. So the Titanic was officially sunk at 2:20 a.m on April 15th of 1912. Wow. So that's just like how it sank. You guys, if you watch videos, it explains it way better than what I did. And there's like some really short ones on like YouTube and stuff that you can watch. Um, so uh, April 15th, this is just like five minutes into April 15th. Uh, Captain Smith ordered the ship's lifeboats to be uncovered and passengers to be mustered. So. A lot faster. It's like 
Um, so 12.05. This ship, it's been like 25 minutes. Okay. Maybe. Since like it hit the iceberg, started sinking. Oh my goodness. So, yeah, he ordered the people to, the lifeboats being covered, the passengers to be mustered. Most passengers were awake because of, like, the engines turned off and the boat started vib stopped vibrating. So, like, the sudden stop of movement woke people up. So a lot of people were awake. They were confused, but they were awake. Stewards had to, like, they didn't have, like, an announcement or sound thing to tell them, like, where they needed to go. So people, real-life people, stewards, had to go to each person, to each cabin, and tell them. That's so scary. Um, had to tell passengers and crew to get to the top deck. Um, how thorough the muster was, was based on class. So first class stewards helped them get dressed, put on life belts, and brought them out to deck. And you see that in the movie. Like, you see them like, oh, let me help you, ma'am, like, blah, blah, blah. And then you see that then for second and third class. I'd just be like throwing their life vests out there. That's, that's what happens for second and third class so because sad. there's so many people. And um, so they threw doors open, telling passengers to put on life belts and come to the top. But they didn't tell them that the ship is sinking. They just say, like, oh, yeah. come to the, here's all the stuff. Obviously, the top. like, it would cause mass chaos, but then they would also take it seriously. Yes. I'd just be like, this is an emergency, you guys need to get, get it. Yeah. I mean, they probably figured that, obviously, but. But, so passengers were reluctant to comply because it was cold, or because they didn't believe there was a problem. It was, like, confusing, and not, like, the, there was a lot of people in, like, steerage who didn't also speak English, either, so they yeah. were, like, confused. Um... They were not told that it was sinking. There's just like, oh, something happened, but it doesn't seem like I sinking. just do whatever I'm told them. Yeah. I'm like that. Same. So. so some of them noticed it was tilting and it was hard to hear because of the high pressure steam being vented from the boilers to the funnels. So this is before like all the funnels break or whatever. But um, so because there's a lot of pressure, it was really loud. And the crew to communicate had to use hand signals. Um, so Captain Smith also ordered radio operators to send distress calls. It's like Morse code, um, which wrongly placed the ship 13.5 nautical miles away from where they actually were, which is like 15 miles in like regular terms, like from where they were. I feel like that's like that. Yeah, that's far. But I feel like it's not far enough that it's like people can't find them. I don't you know. It just it took them longer to find them. So the lifeboats. So there are twenty lifeboats on oh. the Titanic. So sixteen were wooden boats and four were collapse collapsible boats. So they're like a wooden bottom and then like sides to it. Um, each boat could hold up to sixty eight people. And they could have had 68 lifeboats on the Titanic. They had room for that. But like it says in the movie, White Starline didn't want the promenade to be all cluttered, to be all cluttered with, with lifeboats so you wouldn't be able to see the scene. Well, and, and now White Star and who's on the boat? Huh? I said, and that was White Star and who was on a boat. So, yeah. You know? So, also not all the lifeboats were launched either. 
because so I mean you see that like yeah and they're so, like trying to cut it uh so first officer William Murdoch the night the guy who threw money at Cal killed Tommy killed himself um he him and second officer Charles Light Toller so the other guy they were talked and they're like hey women and children first so um, Officer Charles Lightoller took that to mean women and children only. So he'd only put women and children on the lifeboat and then, like, release it. So all the spots wouldn't be taken. Because there weren't always women and children over there. But oh. then, so he left empty spots because he thought he was only supposed to put women and children on the boat. Oh. The, well, um, Officer Murdoch, he put women and children first and then allowed men on. I feel like that's common sense. But yeah. Whatever. Um, but both men didn't know how many people could fit in each lifeboat, so they were they played it safe, which was not smart. I would play it uh, dangerous. Yeah. I'd be like, 80 people, get on. Yeah. Okay, so now I'm going to talk to you about certain passengers and their certain stories. Okay. So, unsinkable Molly Brown, Kathy Bates, she's a vibe, she's a queen. Yes. We love her. Like in the movie... She unsuccessfully, unsuccessfully urged her her lifeboat to go back and look for survivors. So, like, in the movie, she was like, we need to go back and look for survivors. And the guy's like, if you want to join them, you can, but we're not going back. Like, his name, I wrote his name. I wrote his name. His name is Robert Hitchens. Or, Robert Hitchens. Yeah, Robert Hitchens. He's like, nope, we're not going back. Like, I understand that, honestly, a lot of people, they would, like, try, it would it would be chaotic, because a lot of people would try to get on the boat at once, but at the same time, they're exhausted, and, like, that's just... Well, I'll get to it, but the water is so cold that they really only had 15 to 30 minutes to live in that water. Wow. So, um... So a little, another fact about Molly Brown, the unsingable Molly Brown. She helped organize the International Women's Rights Conference in 20, in 2014, in 1914 in uh, Rhode Island. She's like, votes for women, all nice. that stuff. She's cool. So there's Charlotte Collier. This, this is that. I'm so sorry. her husband, Harvey, they were getting on a boat, or she was getting on a boat, and Harvey said, go, Lottie, for God's sake, be brave and go. I'll get a seat in another boat. And oh, then... he didn't. I know he didn't. And, and then... So sad. And then there's Eloise Hughes-Smith and her husband of two months, Lucian. He said to her, I never, expect, I never expected to ask you to obey, but this one time you must. It's only a matter of form to have women and children first. The ship thoroughly is thoroughly equipped and everyone on her will be saved. Both husbands did not survive. And it's I'm so, literally gonna cry, that's so, so, so sad. sad. Then there's Ida and Isidore Strauss, and they're the old people that you see in the movie that are like holding on to each other. So Ida says to Isidore, we have been living together for many years, where you go, I go. And then they like, in the, in the actual, like, event, they go sit on a bench and, like, hold each other. Um, and then there's Benjamin Guggenheim. And I autocorrected to Guffenheim, but Guggenheim. 
he was like, I want to die like a gentleman. So he takes off his life jacket, gives it to someone else, puts on the hat. It's like in the movie. So the movie has like all these people in it. And there are only a few third class passengers that made it to the top because it was a maze. And so when I looked, when I watched that, I watched the Titanic right after I got on my cruise, obviously because my ship crashed. We're on a cruise ship, gotta watch the Titanic when you get home. So I watched the Titanic with my mom. And then, like, in the Titanic, they lock the gates, like, locking people in. And I'm like, did that really happen? So I Googled it, and it said that it's a myth. But there is um, one of the survivors, Margaret Murphy. She said, this is her quote, Before all the steerage passengers had even, had even a chance, of their lives, the Titanic sailors fastened the doors and companionways leading up from third class section. A crowd of men was trying to get up to the higher deck and were fighting the sailors, all striking and scuffling and swearing. Women and some children were praying and crying when the soldiers, oh sorry, when the sailors fastened down the hatchways leading to the third, to the third class section. They had want, they had said they wanted to keep the air down there so the vessel could stay up longer and that all hope was gone for those still down there so it sounds like they did lock some of the doors that some of the is gates. so sad so it was a maze and it was really hard to find their way up so a lot of third class passengers did not make it then there's jay bruce ismay and that's the guy from jumanji okay so like he's got a mustache he's the guy for if you watch the movie he's the guy the dad slash the scary bad guy in Jumanji. Um, so he's the most controversial survivor. So yeah. he obviously survived. And his act was condemned. So like because he survived, it was con he was condemned as like a coward. And so he was a managing director slash chairman of the White Star Line. And he was the highest ranking White Star official to survive. So because he, he like hopped on a lifeboat while everyone else went down with the ship, he like gets on a lifeboat to save his life. So Captain Smith, Edward Smith, he took one final tour of the ship. Um, when he took his final tour, he said every man for himself. Like they did the best that they could. They have helped the most people that they can. And he's like every man for himself. Like if you want to get off the ship, you can. Like go for it. So then he then returns to the bridge and like, oh yeah. So Thomas Andrews, uh, Victor Garber, the one that like, that um, yeah. Rose likes like and hugs or whatever. Yes. The one who like fixed the clock. He, um, he was throwing, it said that like maybe he was throwing chairs out to the, um, to the sea to help people who were like in the water to so, help them stay afloat. Yeah. Oh. He kept assisting with the evacuation and then he went to the bridge looking for um, Captain Smith to. So maybe they went down together. Okay, and then are you ready for this, Lauren? This is so sad. This is the sad part. Well, I mean, they're Everything all sad. Everything's so sad. Everything's sad. So, um, I was curious because there is a book from my childhood. And the book is called White Star, and it's about a dog who that was on the Titanic. And the dog, like, helped save a boy on the Titanic. And I just remember I got it at this classic book fair, and it just stuck with me. And then I was like, okay, animals on the Titanic. There had to be animals on the Titanic. There were 
12 dogs on the Titanic. There is also cats, chickens, birds, and then of course rats, because rats just end up on the ship. Oh, wait, are there rats on like regular cruise ships? Yeah, but they have like things, they'll, they'll climb up ropes, and they have things for them not to climb up, like to stop them. So, and they also have cats on cruise ships to like eat the, I don't know, their stuff, they have, they have like ways to like prevent okay. it. But out of the 12 dogs, only three of them survived. So they're the only three animals that survived on the cruise ship. Whoa. So there's one, one survivor, Elizabeth Rothschild. She said that she would not get on a lifeboat without her dog. So she did not like, get on a lifeboat without her dog. Or, so they let her on, so she was holding her dog. Then there's Helen Bishop. And she said that there would be little sympathy for a woman carrying a dog in her arms um, when their lives, when there were lives of women and children to be saved. So Helen, she had to abandon her dog. And um, so she left her dog in her room. And when she was leaving her dog in her room, it like was trying to stop her by like, holding on her dress, like, no. don't leave me, and then, um, there was, someone had seen, like, a bulldog swimming in the water, trying to get away, a bulldog, and then, the, like, the next day, they found, like, a woman holding, like, a, her large shaggy dog in the water, and they both oh. were gone, it's so sad. That is really, really sad. Oh my goodness. So, in the water, the water was 28 degrees Fahrenheit. It's like, honestly, death within minutes. So, because it, it was so cold, people died. Most people died of cardiac arrest. Um, and then they had uncontrollable breathing of water because it's so cold and you breathe. They like breathe in water. And then most people died within 15 to 30 minutes. Um, only 13 of the people that were in the water made it onto lifeboats. Um, so Lawrence Beasley, he said, this is like, like this is him talking about the people in the water. <clears throat> he said, every possible emotion of human fear, despair, agony, fierce resentment, and blind anger mingled. I'm certain of those with notes of infinite surprise as though each one were saying, how is it possible that this awful thing happened to me, that I should be caught in this death trap? So this is what he was saying he heard, like from the lifeboat. He heard all these horrible things. And then George Reams, who jumped in moments before the Titanic sank, described it as a abysmal moaning sound, which I won't ever forget. It came from those poor people who were floating around calling for help. It was horrifying, mysterious, supernatural. And only two lifeboats went back. To like oh. help save people. So all, all the people are still alive. They rescued at 4 a.m. by the RMS Carpathia. They then arrived at Pier 50, 54 in New York on April 18th. And the deaths ranged between uh, 1,490 to 1,635 people. Wow. And, um, obviously there's, like, backlash. Like, there's a lot of, like, a lot of people died. It's so sad. It was really, really sad. And then there's, like, the 
now today like the submersible oh yeah they and died more people died more people died and like i mean it would be amazing to see the titanic yeah that would be another if i was there you can go see the titanic set in like mexico oh wow yeah so you don't even have to go to the actual titanic you can see the titanic set in mexico you can go to universal studios experience like a different kind of flood <laughs> But yeah, and that is all of those. Thanks. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Crimes Through the Times. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And send us messages and questions on Anchor. Here's a sneak peek of next week's episode. Yeah, he probably has a gun, but we were thinking, oh, he like has it on his dashboard or like yeah. we were not expecting what well, we i did i didn't not believe you i didn't they had, they had <laughs> doubt they doubted me